assume that's a yes. <laughs> All right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's good to be with you guys this morning. Uh, thanks for gathering with us. Thanks for bearing with uh, some of the technicals that we've had uh, as we try to navigate thing. And it seems like um, uh, the game gets on us. The rules kind of get changed every week. Um, we're uh, meeting week to week, and this being our third week on Zoom. Grateful that you're here uh, with us today and excited for uh, how God wants to meet us and speak to us through his word. Uh, we are going to be in John 11 this morning, which is a very famous passage of how Jesus meets two grieving sisters at the, uh, at the tomb of their brother who recently died. And uh, we're going to pick up the story in verse 11, uh, verse uh, 17. Right, and it says this, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming. She went out to him. But Mary stayed home. Lord. Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went out to him. And now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at a place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing she, she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along were also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him, but said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Friends, we are in extraordinary days, are we not? Um, it, it reminds me of the scene from The Lord of the Rings. Um, and it's one of those movies where I've been telling myself I want to get back and, uh, or read or the books again. And I thought, man, during a pandemic, and I have all this time to do that, and I've had zero. Um, but there's one scene in particular uh, that I'm thinking about where Frodo is lamenting the fact that he has to leave his comfortable life behind to face the dangers that he's being called into. 
And he says to Gandalf, I wish it had not have happened in my lifetime. And Gandalf replies to Frodo and he says, so do I. And so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. And I know uh, for me and for many of you, we wish that this whole thing hadn't happened in our lifetime, but it is. And uh, this is the third week that we're meeting uh, through Zoom online rather than being together with one another. And uh, as I was thinking about um, kind of this process that we've been in for the last three weeks, we talked about the fact that we're going into a wilderness and that a wilderness is a, is a place of temptation where we're tempted to believe lies about what God is like. Um, and sometimes that temptation then can lead to fear. We talked about that last week. And I think the next logical step, the next um, step to take with Jesus is to realize that one of the things that we must do in the time that's been to us is to grieve and lament what we've lost. But there is good news. The good news is that in the midst of all this pandemic and what it's brought and what it's taken away, Jesus stands among us as the resurrection and the life. He enters into our pain and our sorrow. He feels our grief from the inside. He laments with us and he transforms our suffering, raising us up to share in the very life of God. So brothers and sisters, what have you lost? What are you grieving? What grief are you being asked to be present to today? What is Jesus lamenting with you? Mary and Martha, who are grieving the loss of their brother, say the exact same thing to Jesus. They say, Lord, if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. And th this is a natural response that we often have to tragedy uh, and, and even death, especially for those of us that believe in a God who can and has healed, who, who's, who's in the, the healing business. And just before this scene, Jesus had just gotten finished healing a blind man. And so they say, you could have done something about this. Um, I know many of us are asking that same question, that if present at work, if he cares about us, then why is he taking his time? Why hasn't he done something about this? Why is he doing something about this? And the truth is, though, that as we come to Jesus, just like Mary and Martha, with assumptions about should be doing in times like these. We presume to know what it would look like for God to care and to get work in situations that we experience suffering. And we say, this would be different if you were here. My brother wouldn't have died. I wouldn't have lost my job. I wouldn't be stuck in my home. I wouldn't have had to cancel my plans. And Mary and Martha are grieving the loss of their brother, and, and they had seen Jesus heal before. They knew that he was capable of it, and they don't understand why he didn't come sooner. Where were you? These were probably um, kind of cycling through those same feelings and emotions between anger and fear, and we talked about some of those already. And yet underneath those feelings, a friend of mine put it this way, and I thought it was such a, 
an apt description of what we're all collectively going through. He said, underneath all of this is an iceberg of grief. That if you look beneath the surface, there is deep grief going on. And grief is just the inevitable emotion that comes with loss. And collectively, we're grieving all kinds of losses, aren't we? The, the, the loss of the sense of what's normal, the loss of security in the economy, the loss of connection to other people, even little things like the loss of being able to go to a grocery store with a, without a mask on our faces. I, for me, um, I kind of met this season with sort of a rush of adrenaline the first two weeks. Um, I just wanted to keep busy and, and make sure that other people were okay. And I kind of focused my, uh, my, um, my, my attention onto other people and situations and making sure that we could do everything that we could do to, to, to keep things moving forward. But I've noticed that as time is extended on and the rush to meet the crisis head on has sort of settled, I find myself just being sad by not being able to be with people. Sad by having an interruption to um, events that planned. The Easter Sunday that we're going to celebrate through a video screen next week. In particular, one of the biggest uh, things that I'm grieving is that some dear neighbors of ours moved out. They, they sold their home on Tuesday, and we were supposed to have a big party for them before they left. And we didn't get to say goodbye the way that I was thinking we needed to. And I'm grieving that. I think all of us have kind of gone through sort of stages of grief, right? If you look at all the, the, um, the different stages that you go through, there's denial first where you go, eh, it's probably not going to be as bad as everybody's talking about. We'll be back to normal, you know, pretty quickly. And then you go from denial to anger. Like, Wait, all my plans are canceled. My kids' sports are canceled. I can't even and be with my church like I'm angry about this and then you bargaining where you're like okay all right as long as if it's if it's only two weeks then I'll be all right we can get back to normal after two weeks right or I don't mind this being canceled but not that and what's necessary is to move beyond those stages into a sort of lament where we accept what's happening around us, and we find new ways to move through it together. The truth is, though, we have to name what we've lost. And we have to meet God in that reality. We have to allow ourselves to feel it. And so I ask again, what are you grieving right now? What is your Lazarus? What have you lost in the midst of this that you think the Lord should have done something about? I just want to encourage you to get in touch with it because in the midst of what's been taken, Jesus stands among us as the resurrection and the life. He, he enters into our pain and sorrow. He feels our grief from the inside. He laments with us and he transforms our suffering and raises us up to share in the very life of God. Jesus, when he finds these two sisters, he sees that they're grieving differently, and he meets them each in their grief. I love that about Jesus. He, they, they basically say the exact same thing to him, and Jesus responds in two different ways, which shows us just how much he, he 
his presence is particular to what we are experiencing. And to Martha, he says, your brother will rise again. And, he, and she says, I know. You know. We talk about this thing called the resurrection. It's going to happen sometime in the future. I'm, I'm just waiting for that day to happen. You know, just get me out of here, Jesus. I'm just going to wait around. Things aren't going to improve. I'm not going to experience anything. But on that day, I will. And many of us have that same mindset. When it comes to experiencing suffering, we just think, I got to hunker down because I can't expect anything good right now, maybe in the future, but not today. And Jesus says, no, right here, right now, in the midst of your questions, in the midst of your grief, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever places their trust in me will live even if they die. Jesus takes the future hope the future reality, and he claims it as his present identity, and he offers it to Martha and to us. Jesus says, no, you can experience right here, right now, in the midst of your questions and grief, because I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever places their trust in me will live even though they die. See, Jesus takes the, the future expectation of what God would do, and he brings it into the present, and he claims it as identity says my very presence is life for you even in the midst of this and that means in the midst of the death of the things that are valuable to to us jesus declares i am with you and my presence won't just bring comfort but resurrection to your grief which means all the future things that we think only come when we get to heaven whatever that looks like are available now, future glory now, future peace now, future assurance now, future confidence now. But Jesus says, only let me in. Now to Mary, she says, and Jesus doesn't even give a response to her. He, he says nothing. But I love that he sees her and he sees the others crying. And he's moved and deeply troubled. He's filled with empathy and compassion. And it reminds us, Jesus does not stand at a distance and say, everything will be fine. He doesn't give them a pep talk or tell them that they shouldn't be sad. No, he enters into the pain and sorrow and he feels it from the inside. This is why it's so important for us to remember that God became man, that this, this thing that we call incarnation, where God becomes one of us, that you realize that forever a human being, forever, and forever he will know what it's like to us in every way, not from the outside looking in, from the inside of our experience. He's taken on himself all our pain, all our sorrow, all our grief into himself. He feels it himself. The ultimate example of this is the cross, where he takes the worst of our experience collectively, the worst of what we could ever possibly do to one another, and he bears it on his own shoulders and he takes it into himself. Jesus weeps at the tomb of his friend, but it's not just because Jesus is sad that his friend died. It's because he sees and feels all of their pain. And it's a foretaste for him. See, from this moment 
to the rest of the book of John, Jesus is marching to the cross, and this is his first foretaste of the wages of sin that he's going to bear on himself. And he weeps with us. Brothers and sisters, he weeps with us as we come to the awareness of what we've lost. He meets us in the reality of our grief. And the good news of the resurrection, which we're going to celebrate next week, and it, it, no pandemic can take away the empty tomb, brothers and sisters. The, the glory of the resurrection that we're going to say is that Jesus does not just acknowledge our grief. He meets us as the resurrection in the life. He doesn't just leave us to despair as if our grief own to manage. But as we share our grief with him, his re he shares then his resurrection life with us. And, and I, I just tell you, this can occur even if it doesn't seem like the situation is changing from the outside. This is the life that is on offer to you and to me in our pain. The life of God's future restoration of all things that we can now carry in us even as we experience loss. This is the life that God shares with us as he indwells his people, as he participates with us. Romans 8 verses 10 and 11 remind us that if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is now living in you. And he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. God, right now, even in the midst of what you're grieving, wants to participate in your pain so that you could participate in the life that he wants to give you through the Spirit. Right now, this great exchange can happen this morning. And so, friends, in the midst of the pandemic and all that it's brought and all that it's taken away, Jesus, our Lord, stands among us, resurrection in the life. He's into our pain and sorrow. He feels our grief from the inside. He laments with us and he transforms our suffering and raises us up to participate in the very life of God. So how will you respond today? I would ask you to, to name the grief that you need to be real to today. Maybe you've avoided it. Maybe you've minimized it. Maybe you've been angry about it, but you haven't gotten in touch with, with the, kind of the deeper level of grief. What loss do you need to let Jesus into this morning? And then I want you to ask Jesus, because he's here among us, stands with us today. How do you want to bring resurrection into my pain? So let's pray and, uh, and, and seek God for those two things. Father, Father of resurrection and life, the God who enters into our pain and feels our grief. In your presence, I recognize, I lament, I offer up this. I just want to invite you right now to name whatever that is before God. I lost the ability to celebrate with my neighbors and tell them how much they've meant to me. And that makes me sad, God.
if it's a loss of connection or a loss of safety, offer that up to Jesus right now. And Jesus, you want to experience your life in the midst of this loss. Would you exchange pain for glory? Help us, Holy Spirit, and bring resurrection life even now. We ask in Jesus' name.